All information shared in this video is our educated opinion, formulated from research, judgment, analysis, education, and personal life experience. Any material used from the public domain follows fair use guidelines and applicable laws. Fair use is a use permitted by copyright statute that might otherwise be infringing. This content is for education and entertainment. We encourage others to conduct proper research and if needed, consult an attorney for legal advice regarding music licensing. Welcome to another episode of Sync Riffs. My name is Charles Levan from Blue Buddha Entertainment here in Los Angeles, and it is May AAPI month, so we have some special guests in the studio, and want to thank each and every one of you guys for joining us tonight. And I'm going to start with some brief intros, and then we're going to get into it. Um, joining us uh, in the Sync Riffs studio is starting with Casey Dunmore, AKA Spilkis, an artist and also composer who in 2000 started his, his journey as an artist with a demo deal uh, with Quest Warner Brothers and has been a successful composer, sound designer um, with score, theme songs and cues in a variety of films. And one to highlight is uh, Casey did the theme song uh, to the Toronto Raptors, uh, and I'll let Casey, when I turn the mic over to him, interweave some of his other work. Uh, great body of work there. Welcome, Casey. How's it going? Doing all right. What's up, Charles? Yep, yep, yep. Oh, good, <laughs> good, good, good to have you. Good uh, seeing you the other day at the LA Get Down. It was a great time. Oh yeah, absolutely, man. You know, thanks. <laughs> it's, it's always good to see you, man. But it's like it was even more special to like see you in person, especially after you know all this time and doing this. So thank you. Yeah, no, thank you, thank you. I'm glad it worked out. And also joining us are Derek Bosco, a director and actor, and some of his work, body of your work, includes television and film shows like Hawaii Five O. The Mayor of Kingstown, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and streaming now on Hulu uh, of notable mention is the fabulous Filipino Brothers, which I'll let Derek talk more about. Welcome, Derek. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me, Charles. It's really a pleasure to be a part of this uh, for AAPI Month. No, thank you, Derek. It's, it's going to be a great chat and uh, really excited. And also joining us is LJ Bosco, a musician, actress, and also filmmaker. And how's it going, LJ? What's up, guys? Great seeing everyone. <laughs> yeah, so LJ, some of her work in the past has been, you would have seen her in shows like uh, Grey's Anatomy, Veep, a friend of the family, Birds of Prey. And for those of you here in Los Angeles, uh, if you're in around Hollywood Hotel Cafe, being able to see her and her band, Ella J and the Sibs, uh, playing some tracks that Casey produced on. And then uh, we'll unpack that more on her filmmaker side. So um, with that, we'll set the stage with May AAPI, one of the questions, and we'll do the roundtable, is for each and uh, each and one of every of you guys is when you started out in your career in the entertainment film music space. 
how did you navigate being part of the AI community and perhaps issues of underrepresentation? And whether did you have a mentor? And if you didn't, how did you navigate the obstacles and, and continue to thrive and be successful where you are today? So I put that out there and whoever wants to start it, we'll, uh, we'll start riffing. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I could go because I might forget the question later if I don't go, uh, if I don't go sooner. Um, but yeah, I mean, I started out um, in the business, you know, my dad, he's an actor. Uh, pretty much my whole family were all actors. So I kind of came from this sort of family business that we have, we like to call it. Um, and yeah, we we just grew up, you know, always doing auditions and always going in for different things. It started out as commercials and then it went to more theatrical stuff. Um, and I think navigating through that as an Asian American, especially an Asian American young girl, um, I think there's definitely been challenges. Um, you know, like I'll walk into an audition room and it'll the majority of them are not Asian and, and it, it may it's all like white girls are all you know whatever and I'll, I'll be like the designated Asian pick so it's definitely a challenge here and there but you know landing certain roles like Cassandra Kane and um, my other work and a friend of the family and other things like that um, has really like boosted my confidence and helped represent my community in a way that I'm very proud of. Um, and then with music too, I, I, I really try to represent my, my culture through my songs and, um, you know, try to be an advocate for our community. Yeah. That's, that's what I've been doing. Yeah. No, amazing. <laughs> if you want to touch on, um, so prior to working with Casey, I know you did a track with Ruby, uh, Ruby called gold. And that was sort of the, when you guys released that, that was around AAPI. And then if you want to talk about fast forwards and when we started working together, Bubble Tea. Mm. Right. Yeah. I mean, Gold was a really great song. Um, Ruby Abara, she featured on that song. And, you know, that one is really all about um, taking pride and ownership in your beautiful brown, golden skin, because a lot of it um, in the, in the like Asian American world, there's a lot of like, uh, skin whitening and in the beauty world and all of that. So we wanted to kind of reclaim our, our skin color through that song uh, with Ruby, which was really cool. Um, and then with Bubble Tea with Casey, you know, we just, I really wanted to have like a summer anthem for Asian kids, like specifically. And I was like, you know, Bubble Tea and Boba is like a really big craze right now. And a lot of people are talking about it. And so what better way to do it than to put a song about it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no. And correct, Casey, weaving in what Ella J said, uh, the track featured on KCRW, Bubble Tea. Yeah. Shout out to friend DJ Francesca Harding. Yeah. <laughs> KCRW. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, great track. And and then there was a video that was also done in that 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 was played um, at, I think, at the, you guys had a launch party for that? Yeah, it was, or do you want to talk about it? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, we took it to a lot of film festivals, which was nice. Um, <clears throat> but we were fortunate enough that we got it on uh, MTV and on uh, Nick Music uh, videos. Uh, and that's mm -hmm. always been a dream to have that representation. Uh, for, it was in rotation for over the summer last year for like, I don't know, two, three months. Uh, mm -hmm. Shout out to Eddie Mesa for helping make that happen for us uh and it was really excited to, exciting to see the music video 
with the MTV logo, you know, or the Nick music. Yeah. Logo. Yeah, no, no. And Casey, no. And thanks uh, Derek for that. It's uh, cause visually the two are companion pieces, obviously. And Casey, when you sent me the track, correct. So Ella J had the vocals for it. And then you lay down, what's your process when you get it, you know, working together with Ella J. Well, basically Ella, she like wrote the whole song, you know, like, vocals guitar she like had like all the ideas and how we usually start she was like yo just send me like a demo of what you're working on you know and she's like hey i've got this song bubble tea though however that was like a really that was a quick turnaround <laughs> because we yeah. they wanted to get it out you know for like aapi month so like that one was definitely a uh, a different kind of special journey but yeah ella basically she you know i'm like hey let me check out the lyrics you know we talked about um, I think we kind of have like a little vibe going of like what we, what I, I kind of know how she kind of thinks and what she would want, but I always like to double check, say, Hey, you know, what kind of drums are you thinking? You know, this is what I'm thinking. And she's like, Oh yeah, that's, that's what I was thinking, you know? And then she'll like give me some references and I'm like, all right, cool. Just like having ideas. I don't want to, if she's thinking here and I'm like thinking here, it's not, you know, it's really not going to work. And then, uh, we just get to work, you know, she comes over and she'll lay down the guitar part or prior to her coming over, I'll like do like the drums and stuff and just the um, solid foundation of like the instrumental, you know, from based upon what she gave me from the demo, you know, and then she'll come over and we'll record it. And then uh, we have to do any ad libs or any extras, we'll do that. <laughs> Or mix it. Yeah, <laughs> we'll send okay. it out to mastering. Shout out, Sean. <laughs> and the Audible oddities. <laughs> cool, cool. No, and I think that's a, that's a good segue to you, Casey. Um, with your career starting as an artist, any mentors or you just paved your own way? You found your way? You know, I would love to hear the backstory. You know, man. It's like we go way back. <laughs> um yeah, when I got into this, man, like they were, I had no mentors, no, I mean, I had, I mean, I have mentors now, you know, cats that I look up to. And it's just like, all right, cool. You know, they're established. But when I started, when I got into it, I had no idea. Hmm. You know, I started writing a lot of music for like MTV, you know, um, I linked up with you. You know, you got me one of my first placements on, you know, FX channel, you know, show dirt. Mm -hmm. um, I kind of saw that just like, all right, this is something that I can do, you know, and just put all my efforts into it. Yeah. Learned a lot about music publishing, you know, shout out to the ASCAP Expo. You know, I was like heavy on that when I was first starting out, you know, like I would always go and mm -hmm. see what I can learn because I really didn't know anything about sync film tv and then a couple of people that i knew just like from like past um relationships that i had built so i have like a kind of like an odd background i used to work in music that's how we know each other mm -hmm. you know and then um yeah just kind of connecting dots you know mm -hmm. you were like hey i'm I, i'm starting a sync company you down <laughs> to give me some music i'm like all right sure you know yeah yeah no, no. And Casey, you know, thread the needle because I think it, it might have been an ASCAP Expo um, event that we were at. 
And, you know, we've been in it for a minute and, you know, looking around the room, me being a sync agent, you being an artist, you know, there's only like five of us in the room representing on the creative side back then. And now, you know, the numbers are growing. And I think, you know, the key point there is going out to the events, show being seen, working together, networking within our community. And there's so much talent and it's just connecting them. That's why, you know, and this is a thread to, to, to you, Derek, and what, uh, you know, uh, what your sister, Lady Ariana Bosco, at the LA Get Down. I mean, that sense of family and seeing everyone support and, and represent. So that's a great uh, turning the mic to you, Derek, with your career start, starting out as an actor. Would love to hear, you know, challenges, opportunities. You know, how did you find your way? And, and, and were, did, were there mentors there for you? Uh I think growing up, all of us really looked up to Bruce Lee. You know what I mean? He was like the coolest Asian cat there was. He wasn't a nerd. He was a master of what he did. He was sexy. He was good looking, you know? <clears throat> so I think growing up, me and all my brothers and our friends, we all wanted to be Bruce Lee. You know, that was like our one Asian superstar. Um, but me and my brothers, we got our start as breakdancers in the 80s. And that's how we came up. We were break dancers in the San Francisco Bay Area. We danced at all the football and baseball and all these whatever events that were in the area. And we eventually got scholarships to the San Francisco Ballet Company. So we were like these hood kids that were taking ballet classes. And then uh, in 1985, mm -hmm. we moved to Los Angeles to pursue dancing. And everyone was like, oh, you got to do acting. So we got into acting. And then we still had our, our roots with hip hop and music and so um i think it was in was it in the 90s we hooked up casey uh, yeah because like i used to do open mics with dante yeah with my brother dante and so then uh i know casey would be there playing guitar or or keys and then when my brothers and i we started a band um it went from had many names fly brown dragons uh brown boys to eventually the bosco brothers and Casey actually was in the band and produced a couple of tracks for us back then. And this was even before I had Ella. So I don't even know if you know that history, Charles. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of funny. It's totally weird. I, I totally forgot about it. Yeah, it was just like I've known both of you guys for so long. Right. You know, and, wow. it's, and at the same time when I was working with you guys, when I was playing um, – when I was recording this stuff like the Flybound Dragon or the Bosco Brothers, that's when I was starting off doing like my sync thing, you know, writing all the cues and stuff for MTV and all that stuff. I mean, that was just like, that was wild. Damn. Yeah, <laughs> when you think about how, how long ago that was. Seconds in this, on this MTV show, and I have like 10 seconds in this MTV show. And we were just like blown away. It was so cool <laughs> to know someone that wrote music that was on yeah. a show that we seen on TV, you know? Yeah. So it's no crazy. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's, it's funny how it's like a parallel universe. And until now we're all together with the potential to continue and build and grow on things. So that's, that's, that's really cool. Um, yeah. And man, so, and then Derek, correct. Also, did you DJ in, in, in with, with also as well back in the, you know, coming up? Uh, growing up, we were mostly break dancers. I DJed a little bit. 
but I, I wasn't as proficient on scratching and mixing. Uh, okay. But later on in life, I, I mean, I do DJ, uh, but I'm more of a corporate DJ and do, I do sure. weddings and that type of thing as a as a side gig, you know, to um, right. supplement the dream. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool, cool. And then as far as, and I think this is a good through line, because um, I think I might have heard it, uh, Derek, on, you know, the podcast you do with your brothers, uh, as far as, you know, the notion of, you know, instead of us waiting for opportunities, but let's create our own seat at the table. And I think that's a good segue uh, to Ella J. If you want to talk about this year, um, your the film that you worked on, or the sh it was a, a short. Yeah, yeah. So I started my director career uh, just this year, or technically last year too, but um, I had this school project uh, for this thing in my school called Capstone. Um, and the first project we had to do, it was like a passion project. And I was like, oh, I'm very passionate about filmmaking. I was like, let me see if I could try and direct one. So I made this film mm. called Fox Eyes, which is all about um, Asian stereotypes in the beauty industry and how that kind of affects Asian American girls um, and the specific trend called Fox Eyes. But yeah, so I um, I directed it in like November or October and then we uh, shot it and, you know, edited it and went through all of the post-production and then we released it uh, to all the film festivals and it was actually doing really good. So very proud. Oh, cool. um, and yeah, we really also just, again, it kind of circles back to like representing Asian Americans, representing Asian American women, um, you know, the main girl and it, she's Asian and like the whole, the majority of the like crew was Asian as well. So um, we try to be inclusive and, both aspects of like in front of the camera and behind the camera yeah one thing you know about yeah. any creativity thing that you're doing is that mm -hmm. you get many roadblocks you know like you might lose a location you might lose an actress um there could be a, a problem with lights or whatnot um one of our biggest learning things on this project was the score um so originally she had a fellow classmate do it but that didn't work out and then um, through uh, Brian Reyes at ASCAP, we met all of these other um, writers and producers and we tried to go to them, but it was just a little pricey. And then right. also- No, but also it was just last minute because we were trying timing. to turn it in. Mm. And I was like, you know what? Like, I feel bad for all these producers trying to like whip out something that they, that they might be able to, like, oh, that they might be able to fit, you know? And then I ended up just doing it myself and i was like you know what let me just figure it out and so yeah denise santo she's an emmy award-winning uh producer uh music uh -huh. score and she sent us like five or six tracks that she had because she didn't have time so the thing about independent filmmaking it's like it's like a triangle someone told me so at the top mm. is quality and then with the other corner is time and the other corner is money so you can only have mm. two out of the three so nice. if you um have a lot of time you can ask your friends uh to like help out but if there's not a lot of time you need money yeah. so um right. uh, we didn't have either one of those <laughs> so gotcha. Ella ended up staying up all night and scoring it and it actually turned out wow. really great you know amazing no that's so that's so dope yeah and, and and using the basketball analogy you, you 
it's the you're the triple threat acting directing and music composition score so <laughs> kudos I, I and uh, as much as i can no that's great and then because also quality control you can can you know make sure so and then i think that's that's also and thanks jerk for those input insights and that's a good and segue if you want to <clears> talk <throat> about what year you know the the fab, fabulous filipino brothers um correct it was directed by dante yeah, it was directed by my brother Dante. So <clears throat> growing up in this business, there's always been like one ethnic role. And sometimes that one ethnic role will be Asian. And uh, we're Filipino-American and we're not <clears throat> represented a lot. So then he wrote this, um, Darian and Dante wrote the film because we <clears throat> weren't getting the audition. So it was like kind of like, let's create our roles. And then Dion came along and he wrote on it and they realized they needed a woman's voice. So then my sister, Ariana Bosco, came in and wrote on it. So each brother has a segment because normally in a film, like, like I said, there's only one Asian guy and we wanted to show um, Hollywood that, you know, having four Asian leads yeah. is viable and we're all different. Mm. You know what I mean? And, and it's entertaining and it can be successful. So it was kind of like our proof of concept. So we did it. It's on Hulu right now. It's very funny. I like it a lot. Um, and they're quick segments. So if you're like, Oh, I'm not really into this segment. You know, it changes and it goes into the next segment, but it's all based around uh, a Filipino wedding, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no. And then as far as shot on location, all here in Los Angeles. Um, so they shot a little bit of the movie in the Philippines because they wanted to incorporate hmm. that. Uh, Dante's right. segment is in the Philippines. And then we shot in our hometown of Pittsburgh, California, which is in the San Francisco Bay Area. So we went uh -huh. up there and we shot it in like 10 days. A very small crew um, cool. asked on a lot of favors and, you know, that's a lot of independent filmmaking is like getting your friends together and saying, let's do this. Let's make something happen, you know, and, and yeah. it was really fun working together. It was a really special time. No. Very, yeah, it's I think one of my favorite lines is from you, Derek, when uh, I think the quote is something about jungle, jungle Asian. Yeah, we're jungle Asians. In the Asian hierarchy, there's there's like because it comes down to colorization, you know, like the, yeah. the lighter you are, the more elite. I mean, even in the Philippines and whatnot, but like we we really are like the jungle or the the dirty Asians, and and we take pride and ownership over that. Your your delivery of that, it's it's yeah, you kill you you deliver that in that high comedic value, so. <laughs> Oh man, that yeah. scene, that scene, funny enough, um, we weren't supposed to shoot it that day. We were supposed to shoot it like in a couple of days, but like I said, schedule conflicts, whatever. And they're like, your scene's coming up. And I was like, no, no, not yet. So then I had to go learn it. And then, you know, nice. I just, you have to trust your collaborator. So Dante yeah. as a director was like, give me more, give me, I was like, more, does it work? And he was like, yeah, really like exaggerate, mm. make it like big. And I was like, okay. So, mm -hmm. you know, it, it, mm. it's tough sometimes, you, you know, there's, there's adding more and then there's also editing, you know, uh, and that's the thing yeah. about art and collaborating with other people. You don't know what you're going to get. Right. No. And that's a great point, Derek, because similar, you know, to what Casey and I do on the music side, you know, we have to feel it. Same with the director, you know, you know, have us feel that emotion, whether it's in music or song or delivery in, in, in the role. And no, thanks. It's uh, yeah, it's uh, very insightful. And then I wanted to, thread the needle with Casey with uh, Casey. If you wanted to talk about 
you know, you scored the themes. It was for the Toronto Raptors. And how did that gig happen? Mm. And, um, you know, again, what I'm trying to get at is that the through line is your connects. It's just you put in the heart. Like, what advice would you have for the AIP, AAPI community entering into the music or film space today? Um, you know, you went through and made your own path and challenges that still might exist, you know, as far as underrepresentation that do exist. Yeah. I mean, one thing I really like to share with people is just sort of, especially coming to like the film and music world is learn as much about it as you can, like learn the business side of it. Like, okay, you've got your craft, you know, you're always going to be working on that, learn that but then also really learn what music supervision is, what sync is, what background music is, what a music supervisor is, what's a cue, you know, just the, just the foundations of the business that we're in, you know, because without that, especially now, well, yeah, without that, you, you're just kind of lost, you know, but that's why it's good. You know, you have like your podcast, your show where you, you're breaking it down at the very like, foundational level you know and then you're just always learning stuff you just always learn because the more you know the the better you can enter situations you know when i first started i didn't really know i was just kind of like all right cool okay <laughs> you know let's just keep going let's put one foot in front of the other but then at the same time just really learning about what i'm doing what it is that i'm doing um Back to the Toronto Raptors theme, um, I started writing for Universal Production Music, you know, their library. That was a thing where how I got involved with that. Mm. I basically, um, from the MTV stuff, you know, I basically was like, wow, okay, I would like to try to get my music on television even more. Production music library. I didn't really know what a production music library was then. I had no idea, but there was a, um, an online resource, excuse me, called like LA 411 or some shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember literally staying up all night, emailing a whole bunch of contacts at all these different companies, you know, who did music for film and TV. And it was a numbers game, man. Like, yeah. you know, someone got back to me. They were just like, Hey, you know, I work for this company can you send me some music okay mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then one thing led to another you know this person was at universal music production music at bmg at the time mm -hmm. and then um from those relationships just to fast forward you know i did like a lot of music for universal and then um one day i get like an email a call you know from like the vp of music and he was like hey you know this track that you did this symphonic hip-hop track you did uh, we got a request from a basketball team to see if you can make a song like one of your songs, <laughs> you know? Right. And I'm like, you mean like a hip hop symphonic, you know, symphonic hip hop song? And you're like, yeah. And I'm like, all right. You know, the deadline was like Monday and it was like Wednesday or some shit like that. Mm. You know, they're just like, you know, can you, are you open to this? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Why not? So I created a track and, you know, sent it in or just like client likes it, just a little bit of tweaks. And then after yeah. 
everything was all undone. They were like, oh, it's a basketball team, the Toronto Raptors. Are you familiar? And I'm like, no, because they weren't really that known right. at that time. Sure. You know, it was up until like a little bit before the championships where people were just like, you know, wow, the Raptors. Yeah. So that, that's how that happened it, from relationships and just being able to do the work and be able to, you know, mm-hmm. pull through on it. Yeah. No, amazing. Amazing. That was just one of those things. Did you stay yeah. up all night to do that track? Dude, back in the day, man, I used to stay up all the time, like just nonstop. Like, yeah, like it was one of those things where I like had like a week, you know, it was a couple of days and then staying up all night. That was T and Tamara. That was another thing. So I did the theme song for the show T and Tamara uh-huh. and how that came about was a music supervisor. Um, it was Dan Wilcox. Oh, yeah. and he just he reached out to me i didn't know him but he had gotten my information from someone and he was like hey you know i'm music supervising a show you know this is what they want that was crazy that was like literally like over a weekend i submitted like 20 demos that was insane wow. <laughs> yeah no you you're know. You're, bat- you're battle tested and i think you know the through line for everyone in this in the, in the, the studio here talking about this is, like you said, Casey, hard work, dedication, know your craft. Yeah, that's the most important. Visibility, going to events. What I you know, my accountant used to say, we're in an industry where press the flesh, handshakes, you see people and be a good person because, you know, people always want to help the good folks peeps who can we're talented we represent um when it comes to business our craft and just so happens as well within the community of aapi and you know making sure we have a seat at the table and obviously in film uh there are more opportunities and but on interestingly enough you know maybe uh Derek and LJ, you guys can speak to this as far as correct on the other side behind the camera, as far as directors and producers, what's that like as far as within the AAPI community? 